Dig a Bit, a podcast for women who want to dig into the meat of God's Word for a bit. We are glad you have taken a few minutes out of your day to listen. Our host is Cindy Colley from thecolleyhouse.org. Now grab your Bible and let's dig in. Hello there. I hope that you're enjoying the month of October as I am. God is so good to bless the Colleys, and I know that all of us are blessed as we think about the winter coming on we're enjoying this time that's in between the blazing hot days in alabama and the snowman building days that we sometimes get this is a beautiful beautiful time of year and our leaves are just about to change color they haven't really started yet and so i am really looking forward to that as i am am talking i look out my back window and see that the um, person who's staying in our little cabin right now doing some i think some graduate work trying to finish up a degree in bible down there is pulling out for the day going to get i'm sure going to get some lunch it's almost lunch time as i'm speaking and as i look out over that little field i just want to praise god for the beauty of his creation for the amazing way that he constantly reminds us every time we look out the window or open the door that he is the lord of lords and the king of kings the creator of all the one who gives us our sustenance as we begin this dig a bit i want us to kind of mid-month this time go to god in prayer because as i begin to talk i'm thinking even about several diggers who are really suffering right now who are suffering over the loss of loved ones who are suffering as a result of cancer hitting their homes personally some are suffering as a result of people in their homes who are going astray i uh, constantly am amazed at the trials that god allows his people to go through and yet we should expect those because this is a a testing ground this life here on earth is a testing ground for us and certainly in the political moral realm today god's people are being tested we are being tested not only physically but uh, philosophically we're being tested our beliefs are being put to the fire and i know that as long as we are trusting in god's word that we can emerge from the trials of an immoral and negatively pluralistic society all around us we can emerge from that being stronger and stronger as his people let's go to god in prayer father we are so very humbled to get to even be in your presence father we know that we are a part of your priesthood that we have been chosen been called out of this world not to walk in darkness we've been translated from the kingdom of darkness and we have been placed in the kingdom of your dear son and we are so thankful for that translation that movement into a place of security and hope and help us father not to be downtrodden and despaired in a place of desperation by the things that are occurring in the world around us father even as 
in the United States of America right now. We are in some grave days, politically speaking, Father, but we don't really care about politics, but we care about truth and we care about righteousness. And we pray, Father, that truth and righteousness would continue to be able to pursue a free course in this nation and help us, Father, that your will will be done, and I know it will in the governments of men. We pray, Father, for those people who are suffering for righteousness' sake, not just in our country, but more so even around the world. Help us, Father, to continue to pursue and to promote truth, Father, so that we might, in ways that you can, through your providence, make for us father help us to uh, be able to influence for good in the little circles that you have given us and help us to realize that what we view as little circles might be bigger than we think sometimes because we can do all things through Jesus who strengthens us and now as we begin this study we want to especially pray for those who are dealing with disease those who are dealing with the loss of loved ones those who are dealing with loved ones who have gone astray from the paths of righteousness we want to pray for those father who are feeling hopeless and helpless at this time because of handicaps because of loneliness father because of uh, those who have done them wrong in their relationships. We pray, Father, for all of those who are in distress at this time, Father. But we pray that you will help us to seek refuge and comfort in you and in your word and help us, Father, to help those around us to whom we have a chance to minister. We pray right now for the hearings that are occurring in our nation's capital, we pray especially for unborn lives that will eventually be affected by whatever decision is made in this case. Father, we pray that you will be with us in every pursuit that is for good and help us to do all good and no harm. It's in the name of Jesus that we always pray. He is our Savior. He is our reconciler. He is our high priest. And we are thankful. Amen. Okay, I want us to look at a couple of questions that have been on the Digging Deep wall from Exodus chapter 32. Let me see if I can find that question here. It says, something I'm struggling with. This is from Rochelle Johnson. Something I'm struggling with and have for years is the difference in the Lord's treatment of Aaron who made the golden calf and then lied saying that he threw the gold jewelry in the fire and the calf just appeared and the treatment of those who worshiped the calf. He continued to be the high priest, a place of honor, and we are not told that he repented. God is only good and just, but I'm interested in ideas others may have on the subject. Let me just say, first of all, I'm really grateful for the kind of attitude that looks at the scriptures and says God is only good and just even when we may not have considered how such a decision could be holy and just, good and just. So I'm grateful for that approach to the scriptures. We have so much 
evidence that the Holy Scriptures are the inspired Word of God. And so I love it. I love to approach those scriptures, not with just a blind, faltering faith, but with the idea that let's, before we before we throw the scriptures out, before we say they can't be trusted, let's see if in each particular case where we have a question, let's see if there is a plausible explanation for the conundrum that we're seeing, the apparent maybe contradiction that we're seeing in the Word of God. So as I thought about Aaron from Exodus chapter 32, 10 distinct perspectives or truths from this and surrounding passages come to my mind. And in this first dig a bit, I'd like to talk about five of them. And in dig a bit number three for October, I'll talk about the other five of them. And I'm not going to, to tell you that I definitively know the answer to this question. I think it'll be a wonderful thing to sit around the throne of God to sit down with Moses and Aaron and discuss this one day when our uh, time limitations will not be a factor at all. Won't that be a wonderful day? But let's talk about five things in this dig a bit. Why was Aaron not punished after crafting the golden calf? Well, number one, I've pretty much already stated. Number one is, I don't know. But I do know that God got it right. When we read about the justice and the judgments and the perfection, I'm talking about not perfect in the complete sense, but perfect in the flawless sense. When we read passages in the scriptures about that, they are meaningful. And we understand that sometimes we're not going to know everything about a decision that God made. Sometimes it's because we cannot understand His perfection, His justice in our finite state. And sometimes it's because He did not tell us all of the information in His Word. But He always told us all that we need to know for our salvation. So number one is, I don't know, but I know God got it right. Number two, I know that Aaron was a free moral agent. That is, he had the right to choose what he was going to do on the day that those Israelites were pressing him and saying, Moses is not coming down from the mountain. He had some choices to make, and he made the wrong ones, uh, obviously, when he built that golden calf. But I do know that God in His infinite wisdom uses what happened that was bad on that day mightily for our teaching. Galatians 3, 24 and 25 teaches us that the things that happened back in Exodus 32 were a schoolmaster or sort of a school bus driver or a tutor that was guiding, leading, transporting us to a time when we could fully understand redemption through Jesus Christ. Galatians chapter 3 verses 24 and 25, they say this, Wherefore the law was our schoolmaster or tutor to bring us to Christ that we might be justified by faith. But after faith has come, we're no longer under the tutor. We get to be, rather, verse 26, children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. So what was happening in Exodus chapter 32 
is used to teach us something about our high priest and our um, it deepens our bucket of appreciation for the high priest that priesthood that we have in Jesus Christ. Look at Hebrews chapter 5 with me. Hebrews chapter 5 beginning in verse 1. Every high priest taken from among men is ordained for men in things pertaining to God that he might offer both gifts and sacrifices for sin. Who can have compassion on the ignorant and on them that are out of the way or the erring for he himself also is compassed or surrounded by infirmity or trials and by reason hereof he ought as for the people so also for himself to offer for sins and no man takes this honor to himself but he that is called of God as was Aaron Verse 5, So also Christ glorified not himself to be made an high priest, but he that said unto him, You are my son, today have I begotten you. So here we have an instance that is describing for us Aaron's high priesthood, and it says he's taken out of men to do things that pertain to God, to offer gifts and sacrifices for sin. And then it goes on to say that these men that were the high priests in the Old Testament were just men. They faced trials, infirmities, just like we do. So Aaron was this man who was picked out to um, be the high priest, but he also, of course, was a man. He was subject to passions like as we are, and that's even how Christ is described. So in this account, we have appreciation for our high priest, Christ, knowing that he suffered even as we do. Now, number three, in Exodus, I want you to notice that chapters 28 to 31 that's four chapters just prior to the building of the golden calf this is what moses is up in the mountain hearing and those four chapters are spent establishing and fleshing out the aaronic priesthood look at chapter 28 and if we look at verse 1 take to you Aaron your brother and his sons with him from among the children of Israel that he may minister to me in the priest's office even Aaron Nadab and Abihu Eleazar and Ithamar Aaron's sons and then it goes on to talk about their holy garments and all of the stones that you are to attach to the breastplate and the ouches and the chains of pure gold and how that Aaron and his sons are going to bear the names of the tribes of the children of Israel and this is what you do then to hallow them in verse 29 to make them holy and you're going to make this unleavened bread and wafers and and you're going to put them into a basket and bring the basket with a bullock and two rams and then you're going to make these sacrifices it talks about what you're going to do with the blood how they're going to wear these holy garments verse 42 of chapter 29 this is going to be a continual burnt offering throughout your 
generations at the door of the tabernacle where I'm going to meet with you and I'll meet with the children of Israel and I'll sanctify the tabernacle. Then he goes on in chapter 30, Aaron's going to burn incense in the mornings and the people are going to give their um, shekels when they pass through as they are numbered. And he goes on to talk about the spices that the priesthood is supposed to have frankincense and onica and galbanum and they're going to make this perfume and nobody else can make it if if common people make it then uh, they will be cut off from their people it goes on in verse 31 to talk about the people that he's appointed to make these um, vessels or implements that are going to be used in the tabernacle and he goes on right up until the time that the children of Israel in chapter 32 verse 1 say up make us gods which will go before us because Moses who brought us out of the land of Egypt is not coming down from the mountain and we don't know what's become of him I mean they're doing this as God is giving Moses instruction on the mountain about how to sanctify and make holy the priesthood. So this one who is about to become a priest is really being put to the test down the mountain by the people of God. So I want us to notice number three that the chapters that just precede this grave sin are saying that yes, the holy priesthood will be guilty of sin and they will have to offer sacrifices even for themselves. But I will cleanse them. Look at Hebrews again, chapter 5 and verse 3. And by reason hereof he ought, as for the people, so also for himself to offer for sins. This old priesthood, the Aaronic priesthood, had to offer sacrifices for their very own selves because they were not blameless before God. They are going to sin. It's almost prophetic as God's up on the mountain. And Hebrews 9 verse 7 reiterates that truth. Hebrews 9 verse 7 says, But into the second that is behind the veil for the Holy of Holies. But into the second went the high priest alone once every year and not without blood, which he offered for himself and for the errors of the people. God's saying in these previous chapters that I am consecrating and sanctifying, sanctifying Aaron and his subsequent sons as high priests, but they are men. They will sin and they will have to be cleansed. So the fact that I know that when we look at Aaron and we look at the golden calf, we have to say, but what a blatant sin. Well, that's true. But God is going to use this blatant sin. And this kind of goes with number two that we just talked about and number three. God's going to use that to give us this humbling truth 
that there could never be the kind of high priest that we needed until Jesus Christ. It was a flawed priesthood because it was made of flawed men. Now, I'm not saying it was flawed in the sense that God made a mistake when he ordained this priesthood, but I'm saying that it was flawed in the sense that it was composed of men who were going to sin. And God's saying that clearly in the chapters that just preceded Exodus chapter 32. These people are going to have to make sacrifices for themselves because they are going to sin. They're going to transgress the covenant. Number four, Aaron was already called up on the mountain. He was called to be the priest, even as he made this golden calf, but not yet consecrated. So in 28.1 and following, we see God calling Aaron and his son subsequently to the priesthood. But as of Exodus chapter 32, they weren't yet consecrated as the priesthood of God because that's going to happen in the chapters after Exodus 32 when Moses actually does what God has commanded him to do regarding their cleansing, regarding their garments, regarding their uh, sanctification and their separation from the world around them. So already called, but not yet consecrated when we approach the golden calf in Exodus chapter 32. And number five, and this is the last one for this particular dig a bit, I want us to notice that Moses was eventually punished for sin, not specifically for this sin, but for sin, he was eventually punished even on this earth in a big, in a pretty big way. Let's look at Numbers 20, and we're going to be around verse 12. As we look there, this is when they were at Meribah, and the people were thirsty, and God told Moses and Aaron both in verse 8 to take the rod, that was Aaron's rod, and speak to the rock. And Moses took the rod from before the Lord as he commanded him. And Moses and Aaron gathered the congregation together before the rock. And he said, Here now ye rebels, must we fetch you water out of this rock? And Moses lifted up his hand, and with the rod he smote the rock twice. And the water came out abundantly, and the congregation drank, and their beasts also. And the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, verse 12, Because you did not believe me to sanctify me in the eyes of the children of Israel, therefore ye shall not bring this congregation into the land which I have given them. Sometimes we think about Moses going up on the mountain and dying, but it was Moses and Aaron. And I want to say this too, that, that Aaron's, I'm going to say dressing down, by God himself on that mountain was even more potent than was Moses. Verse 13, this is the water of Meribah because the children of Israel strove with the Lord and he was sanctified in them. Now when God's priest 
failed to be sanctified, God was still going to be holy. He was still going to be sanctified. I think that's an important point for our priesthood today. Of course, we are priests according to the book of Hebrews. We're not the high priest. It was Christ, the perfect high priest. But we are priests. And when we fail to be holy, when we fail to be sanctified, our God is still going to be holy. And so then there has to be some sort of restitution, some sort of redemption for us because we have become unholy. And when we look at Numbers chapter 20, let's go on and down and look at verse so 23. And the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron in Mount Hor by the coast of the land of Edom, saying, Aaron here will be gathered to his people. For he will not enter into the land which I have given to the children of Israel. Because you, Moses and Aaron, rebelled against my word at the water of Meribah. So God's instructing Moses here, verse 25, to take Aaron and Eleazar his son and bring them to the top of Mount Hor and strip Aaron of his garments and put them on Eleazar his son. And Aaron will be gathered to his people, and he will die right there. And Moses did as the Lord commanded, and they went up into Mount Hor. Look, get this phrase, in the sight of all the congregation. And Moses stripped Aaron of his garments, that's a real dressing down, and put them upon Eleazar his son. And Aaron died there in the top of that mountain, and Moses and Eleazar came down from the mountain. And when all the congregation saw that Aaron was dead, they mourned for Aaron thirty days, even all the house of Israel. So, even though Moses, at the time of the making of the golden calf, was not punished, his earthly life ended in a pretty big punishment in a pretty public punishment, in a, a wholesale dressing down, if you will. That's how Aaron's life on this planet ended. So here are the five points, but I don't want you to tune me out. If you can, listen next time too, because there's some interesting things to think about with regard to Exodus 32 that we really don't have time to say all in this one little podcast. So number one, I don't know why Aaron wasn't punished immediately after the golden calf, or at least wasn't punished to the extent that his brethren were. I don't know, but I do know that God got it right. Number two, Aaron was a free moral agent, but God is using this incident to teach us some very valuable lessons of appreciation for our high priest. Their high priest was very fallible. He was very vulnerable to the devil, but our high priest has conquered the devil in Matthew 4 and other and all throughout his life, especially at Calvary in Matthew 26 and 27. Our high priest has made the ultimate sacrifice and he is not fallible and that's why he could be once and for all offered as the blood sacrifice for our sins so 
God is contrasting that first high priest that he's just instructed them about with our perfect high priest. Number three, the chapters just prior to Exodus chapter 32 were, were spent in teaching us that the priests have a need for sanctification that they cannot feel themselves. They will sin, but I have a process, even in, in the old covenant, God was saying, I have a process by which I will cleanse them. They are imperfect. Again, he's preparing us for the high priest that did not need cleansing Jesus Christ. Number four, Aaron was already called at the time of Exodus 32. God had already decided about the Aaronic priesthood, of course, but he had not yet been sanctified as the high priest. And number five, he was eventually punished for the sin of pride at Meribah. And both of these, of course, are sins of pride. But he was eventually punished in a pretty big way at the end of his life. We'll talk about five more points in our next podcast. Thank you for listening, and I hope you're having a great month. Have a great day, and keep on digging.